0: Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, Episode Four Fifty One, the Box Office Report for the week ending February Tenth, Twenty Nineteen.
2: Broadcasting from a radioactive bunker deep inside the Bracket
0: Compound,
1: this <laughs> yeah. is Real Spoilers,
2: Episode Four Fifty One, the Box Office Report.
1: I don't. I don't have a cool place. I have basement. That's yeah. Right. That's. The bedroom that I sleep in during the day is where I'm recording from.
0: <laughs> so the weather has uh, messed with us and we are all via Skype. So if you thought we <laughs> talked over each other a lot before... You ain't seen nothing yet. Yes, you are in for a treat. Or Kevin is, I guess, when he has to edit this. Oh,
2: man. I say, you know what? Maybe maybe when someone's done making a point of talking or something, we could just leave a little pause. That way, in editing, I can delete the pauses, but it won't sound like a cluster of everyone
0: on top of each other.
1: We should do it like an audio commentary where we say our name first
0: and then continue Mm. with whatever our thought was. It shows our age difference. I was going to be like, it could be like a CB. Like, you know, like, this movie should have made more money. Over. (laughs) That's a good 10-4, buddy. Oh, boy. So uh, I guess we should go around our um, metaphorical table and everyone (laughs) can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. And uh, just some quick shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And uh, if you like what you hear, even when we have to do it on Skype, (laughs) <laughs> uh you can come by there and uh leave us a review. It's very helpful. Uh and you can also find us on Facebook at Facebook dot com uh, slash Real Spoilers and join the League of Show Sharers, people who were kind enough to join the league this week, uh Lane Levanway, Librarian Cynthia, Griffin Fox Smith, Ralph Tribble, Travis Tewitt, Chris James, Julian Jordan, Tom Kamiski, Brent Smith, uh, Laura Connolly Quiddick. Ron Johnson, Chris Sanders, Timmy Two Chris Magic Man, Tammy Sherman Powers, and Jason Weesey. So uh, thank you very much to, to you guys for sharing the most recent episodes. And uh, also don't forget our Patreon account. Look at that. Kevin, and I remembered without you giving me a look. Yeah, I'm over there in like my ghost like uh force form over there just to give me this like the evil eye. Yeah, side eye. Don't forget Patreon. Uh Patreon.com slash real spoilers, where you get all sorts of bonus content for the low, low price of five dollars a month, and it helps to cover uh just our cost, hosting and microphones and and uh skype connections uh, ex- things God,
1: we're, we're gonna need them yeah
0: yeah see all you non-patreon people you should thank the patreon people for the very existence of this episode exactly
1: <laughs> i just uh i
2: just had to buy a couple of cables because we're going to start doing more video stuff a little preview of, of things to come but we set up a new tv in the war room and uh we have a, a webcam in there and anyway to do all the wiring we needed to buy two extra cables and it was only like 25 bucks but i mean that's exactly what the patreon covers is expenses for this show it's not like the patreon is just supporting that show we do that to get money for this one and make this one happen
0: yeah so uh and we have some uh, some exciting things planned uh for our skype and future guests and we, we do. Uh, it, might, it might benefit you to be a patreon subscriber
2: Maybe. Just, speaking of that, Joe and I, on the last episode, we reviewed Polar, the Mads Mickelson not John Wick movie on Netflix. But on that episode, we gave a little hint and a little preview to some of the things to come. So if you subscribe, go get started there. There's a backlog of episodes, reviews, commentaries. And uh, on the last episode, we talked about a little bit of what's coming
1: up. A little what? sneak peek, if you will.
0: Well, don't make it sound dirty.
1: Well, it's, all right. <laughs> we don't, our, our moral compass isn't here, so it's game <laughs> that- on that is true so uh
2: (laughs) oh yeah patreon patreon is also unedited so for for...
1: oh yeah yeah i should say that that's fair (laughs) it is yeah if
2: you like real spoilers after dark then you're in for a treat
1: (laughs) (laughs) especially when watching polar
2: (laughs) especially when joe's mic goes out yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh boy so anyway uh that's what we do on patreon uh and you can get a little sneak peek of of things to come and and many more exciting things in 2019 happening Awesome. Yeah.
0: There's all of that. I guess we will now turn our eyes to the box office. I will assume <laughs> Kevin had this at the ready, Kevin. Yeah, you don't know what's what's going on over here. But uh, no, wait a minute. Um,
1: I will say I it, it's nice to be able to do this in shorts and no shoes.
0: That's all it <laughs> is. I haven't been able to experience that before. It's nice well? to have to
1: see you in shorts and no- <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, that's good. <laughs> get your keep your hobbit feet
2: over there, Joe.
1: Yeah. You know you're not the first person to say that about my feet.
2: So <laughs> well, you are Italian. So it's,
1: what? Yeah, I, I can only pre- I don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, anyway, yes, I have my backup. The correlation
1: is true, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: anyway, yeah, <laughs> Italians and hobbit feet. Yeah, yeah, we yeah know.
1: totally legit we have hair on our toe knuckles
2: <laughs> so the abacus is warmed up over here i've always got my back up luckily and so uh this weekend the movie of the week is number one but geez it has fallen far from expectations analysts and the studio were expecting 50 million dollars from the lego movie Two, and it only opened to 30.5 what happened that is so
0: weird people i mean people love the first one And while I will say, uh, you know, we'll get into it on the next episode, I don't think it was as good as the first one. I certainly think it was good. I think it was
1: on par with the first one.
0: Oh, I don't agree with that at all. Um, all But uh, um, but it, it was not like this wasn't cloudy with a chance of meatballs, too you know
2: you're also you're coming off of one a successful an extremely successful you know movie that that kicked off this whole franchise and also it's you have all the properties you have you know you still have batman you have all these new characters all the stuff you see in the previews like i cannot see what would keep parents and kids away from this movie over the weekend
1: Uh, i mean what it's and it's not going up against anything either i mean aquaman has had its time in the sun i guess so to speak i mean so it's not like Aquaman was taking money away from this. And there's not another kids movie out right now.
2: No- no, nothing. There's nothing on the the whole box office that would have stolen it away. I mean, this movie is number one, but yeah, it's not sharing it with anyone. So it's just crazy that people didn't turn out. Uh, do you think it's possible that the reviews, because uh, while people are saying that the movie is good, like it's getting decent reviews, but a lot of people are saying, you know, it's good, but it's not for kids. Like the story goes over their head. Like it really, there isn't a lot in it for kids. You think I, that I will could be say
1: sp- I took, I took my daughter and she wasn't a huge fan like I, I really enjoyed it, but she was not into it. I mean, she was into it, but she when we walked out she said, eh, it was fine. yeah I, but I mean like she walks out of Lego Batman or the first Lego movie and it's you know she's bouncing around talking about it. Yeah,
2: I just that's the thing though you know opening weekend you'd think that people would just go no matter what but I wonder if some of the word of, of that from critics is scared it's just a bizarre thing. I, I wonder never ex- I wonder
1: if the Chris Pratt thing hurts it. I don't know yeah, I don't know. I, I mean but, the, the time her timing couldn't have been any better. Or worse, depending on who you talk to, and if you don't know what we're, ta- we're talking about, uh, Ellen Ellen Page calling him out on Twitter uh, for his church and things like that. Uh, so I, I mean, she she timed it right. Like if 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 Chris Pratt's going to get any press, right now is the time. I w-
0: I think you could make the argument that there's a there's that that could also have the inverse reaction of the other end rallying around him and going to the oh bottom. maybe. Maybe, I th- especially since his face isn't on the screen and it's just voice work. I yeah. think it's really easy for people to just kind of go, "It's a cartoon," and and just blow right by that one way or the other. You Do know? you think in this current climate
1: that even if it even if he is just doing a voice, that that isn't
0: as serious as his face being on you know front and center? I I just don't think that this. Uh, I don't know, scandal, topic, whatever you want to call it. I would call it a topic. I mean, it's not.
1: uh, Yeah. I
0: I don't think that it's really impacted the the public that much. I mean, honestly, like I've seen more discussion about Liam Neeson's comments than I have about Chris Pratt. That's probably true. I haven't seen any
2: backlash over this I've seen articles and things but I haven't seen Any specific backlash over Pratt The thing that's interesting about this too So the deal is is that basically Chris Pratt is super religious Everyone knows this he talks about God He talks about his faith all the time I mean he is a very religious church going person And for the most part Unless you're a part of very modern Like you know Faiths and and Christianity I mean most churches are anti-gay Not in a Westboro Baptist way but if you are religious most of them do not support lgbt so like i don't even know that this is a headline they basically just said chris pratt goes to church
1: well i think what ellen page said is that he donates money to this church that the church supports conversion therapy and that's kind of that's kind of where
0: currently or it has in the past
1: that i I cannot i don't know there's the red made it sound like
0: it used to or it, you know, like it was phrased in a way that made it sound like it was a past tense thing.
1: Oh, well, that's very possible. But even even the mention of conversion therapy at, at this point is like, you know, that's red flag big time. If a person is donating money to a church that's, that supports that kind of idiotic thing.
2: Yeah, I just the thing is, though, like, like Tom was saying earlier, I don't think that this the thing is, it's like, this is the Lego movie. This is a kids movie. Sure, kids Love Legos. Sure. Kids love these characters. They love the first movie. Like, I just don't see them telling Timmy, like, we're not going <laughs> because Chris Pratt, one of the voice actors that you've never heard of in this movie goes to church. Like, you know, I just I don't think this has any bearing on it. I, I don't, really don't. I,
1: again, I I don't think it was the going to church. It was the donating of money to the church that was the issue. Well,
2: of course, no, no. I just mean like they're not explaining that to six year old Timmy. Sure. Like, no, totally. like I, I just, I what I'm saying is that if Chris Pratt had personally done something, if he had showed up at a Westboro Baptist rally, like if, if he had done that, it's a whole Are different those guys story. Still a
1: thing? Is that still a thing?
0: Yeah, they're always a thing. All right, but I know
1: that what's what's her name booked, and she it's was getting
0: till, till that dad dies is my guess. Didn't the dad die? Did he?
1: I think the old, I think the old man's dead. No, I don't know. It's
0: still around. Their presence is definitely getting smaller, but they
2: still show up at things. I mean, what's, it's, her, it's, what's her
1: name just left like three years ago? Like the one that was front and center.
2: They talked to Kevin Smith.
1: Megan. Yes. Yeah. Watch her so, TED talk. Her TED talk's pretty interesting, honestly. Yeah,
2: it, it's crazy. But anyway, so there's not really a scandal here. I don't think that. I mean. You know, there, there, you could definitely start to make it into something, but I don't think that it has even reached the point to where the mainstream would be boycotting it or not taking their kids to this. So it's just a really weird thing. I mean, maybe the weather, maybe because we've had such crappy weather lately. I, I just don't know.
1: I don't, I don't think the uh, the box office lives or dies on the Midwest.
2: No, but I mean, there's, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff with the weather. I mean, everywhere. I mean, we've had it really bad, but <laughs> I, you know, I just, I, I, don't know. It's just a strange thing. I mean, to come in twenty million under expectations. This is almost fifty percent. It's a lot less, it's a big I, chunk of money. It's a huge amount. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. Uh, we'll see what continues to happen, and I don't know if we'll have a boost the second week or, if, or if whatever the, I, the, it, the. I mean,
1: there's nothing. It, there's again, no kids' movies for a while, but the market's going to get split because you're going to have a bunch of, you're going to have a bunch of big budget stuff coming out shortly. So like, this is kind of its only window to make that money, and if it can't make that money in the next two to three weeks, it's going to get lost in the shuffle. Unfortunately,
2: yeah, we'll have to see what happens. I don't have any overseas number on this yet, so uh, yeah, I mean, for for now, it's thirty point five million opening weekend, uh, and I don't even have a budget on it yet. So I don't, I don't know if there's one floating around there somewhere, but definitely not what they were expecting. So we'll see what happens. Number two, What Men Want, that's the remake of What Women Want with Mel Gibson uh, back in, in a couple decades ago. Uh, God, that, that was a couple decades ago. It was a long time ago, <laughs> I, I, when you think about it. Uh, Before but, he
1: went, you know, off yeah. the deep end well before we knew he went off the deep end yeah
2: (laughs) exactly uh 18.5 million is that one so definitely counter-programming uh they've been advertising that as the girls night out movie uh definitely adults women uh heavy on the advertising i've seen a lot of theater chains you know say get your tickets for girls night this that and the other so uh it's it's the number two uh again with 18.5 million uh it only had a 20 million dollar budget so i mean it's it's already getting there, and I'm sure with word of mouth and people seem to be enjoying it, it will it will continue to be around for a while. Did you see it, Tom? Okay. I didn't see it either. Uh, Joe, I'm presuming you didn't see it.
1: No, I did not.
2: (laughs) Um, There is a review uh, up. We had uh, a guest reviewer on ReviewSTL.com. So if you want to check it out, uh, they really enjoyed it. So if you want to read about that, you can check it out there. Uh, But coming in at number three is the movie that everyone has been hearing about in the press and not for the reasons that the (laughs) studio wants. (laughs) uh, Cold Pursuit. Came in at ten point two five million. Uh that's the one starring Liam Neeson uh seeking revenge on a snowplow. And I know Tom did see this one. I did
0: see it, and uh it is not what that trailer makes it look like. Oh really? Uh, it you know, it's uh it's very episodic. There it, it has a sprawling cast with tons of characters uh and, that follow different storylines. Liam Neeson disappears from this film for large portions of it I'm was sure the he taken are, th- are thankful for that yeah it's it's not really um like he's not really necessarily the driving force of the movie uh even though it starts with you know his son being uh killed by uh gangster types in a some sort of a convoluted drug heist and uh and he decides he's going to go and and get revenge but have you ever seen uh did were either did you either of you guys watch Mash very much? No, I mean I would catch episodes every once in a while, yeah, do you remember the episode of Mash where it was like I think it was like Hawkeye wanted like he needed like a winter coat or Long Johns or something, and he like and he's trying to barter for them, and so like somebody wants to go to the dentist and so he goes to make a deal with the dentist, but the dentist went, needs a pass to Tokyo, so then he goes to Henry. Blake to get the past to Tokyo, but then Henry <laughs> needs Mark, and he they do all these things. This
1: does sound vaguely familiar. Yeah. And then at the yes. end,
0: like the the one linchpin, it uh, like gets pulled, and it all falls like dominoes. Yes, yes, so, I remember so this episode. This movie is like that, but with dead bodies. And oh. uh, so when uh when uh when he kills the 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 two people, it 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 sparks basically like a like a mob war and they start killing each other off and i will say it like the movie has an odd tone and it wasn't until about halfway through the movie that i figured out i think this movie wants to be funny Uh, (laughs) no yeah like like a dark comedy like funny in the way pulp fiction could be funny like Uh, fargo yeah or fargo like that's another good example uh and and so like I, I think it was trying to be like a really dark comedy and I but the tone didn't really convey that until <laughs> like you started to get deeper in the movie and you realize like, oh, this is a running gag that every one of it's basically like a series of vignettes that always ends with somebody dying. And then they they put that up
1: very much like Fargo.
0: They put up their 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 name and they all have like mob nicknames like Speedo or whatever and uh, I don't
1: want to know how that guy got
0: that name yeah and, uh, and it's so, Hobbit feet too oh, hey now <laughs> there's this running gag of like uh, like whenever somebody dies on the screen you get like their name their nickname and then it will put like a cross and then it becomes kind of a joke because like they're dealing with like an Indian tribe and so you'll get like a symbol for that or like all this sounds sudden, like, like smoke and aces yeah, you know, honestly, I've never seen Smokin' Aces. Oh, do um, yourself a favor. But I will say that, like, like, and this is a bit of a spoiler, but so many people die in this movie that <laughs> the end credits actually list the actors in order of disappearance, and that's kind of genius that's not a joke that like i made up that's a true thing that's i was of, about to give like,
2: tom an award when he told <laughs> me that joke and he said no i can't accept this
0: yeah i know i was when i got out of the movie i was messaging kevin and i was like and i was just like just fyi i know that sounds like the sort of joke i would tell <laughs> and i'm flattered but it was not mine so uh, um it, it, i will say that one joke kind of made me reappraise the movie a little bit but yeah. uh but it 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 never really it never really worked for me like i i I like the idea of it like talking about it i like it a lot better than i did actually watching it okay there's uh,
1: actually i'm trying so you know with with his comments just recently um who's the guy that does the daily show now
2: trevor noah trevor
1: noah trevor noah i i won't do it i won't repeat what he said because i will never be able to do it justice but he gave a really eloquent response as to like what he said as to what liam neeson said right so do yourself a favor and go find it's like a. I guess he does like he works the crowd himself in
0: between commercial breaks yeah i've seen this a little bit lately i forget there was something else he was talking about that it was basically just him kind of riffing yeah and like riffy makes it sound like he's trying to be like be funny haha but really more just him kind of like waxing poetic on a topic during yeah. the commercial break and not to say that there aren't humorous comments in there, but it's not just like him sitting there trying to cut up either. He's not, he's not reading off a cue card, right? Like he's just being, he's just doing himself like doing himself basically. Right. He's just, you
1: know, but there go. The, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'm just saying he gives a really good, basically he says, if that had been anybody else that said that it would have been, you know, brushed away. But since it's the guy from taken, like it, I think people take it out of context a little more because he portrays such a badass on screen right. that maybe when he says I want to walk down the street with a crowbar and just beat up a black dude people take that a little bit more literally when the guy from Taken says it yeah,
2: yeah. and the I, other I saw, the, oh, no, the Terry, other thing
0: is oh go ahead <laughs> <laughs> <This is great. laughs> I know so Terry Crews actually tweeted something about it and uh, which uh, I thought was interesting because in, in, he was like you know this guy is talking about he came to a fork in the road and yeah. he could have gone one way or the other. And he went the other. And, and I mean, I know it's easy for me to, you know, look past it cause I'm a white guy. And so I don't have to live in, in, in that world or at least not in the dangerous end of that world. Right. right. And, uh, so like, I, I'm aware of that, but I will also say that like, I mean, the guy saying I could have been that guy and I made a choice not to be that guy. And sometimes you just have to step back and be like, is this the person I want to be and and behave differently? And it was an ugly place that he was in, but he did not stay in that place. No. And I mean, I
1: I get the reaction from from a point of anger, like he was angry and he didn't know what to do with it. And you're right. He could have made a choice and went option A or option B and luckily he chose the option A which was the way to go I want
2: to talk about right. the movie and the box office effect or the effects it had in the box office this is the guy that you know back in 2009 did Taken before anyone knew what it was and Taken made 24.7 million dollars Taken 2 made 49 million dollars non stop made 28 million dollars Taken 3 made 39 million dollars um I'm trying to see if any, the commuter made
1: wait
0: which was the which had, was Taken 3 oh I haven't I'm guessing was that when the daughter and the wife get taken? Sure, probably. <laughs> or is better. there a point where he gets taken and they help him? That, that... should have been. That should be yeah. four. I have n- um, no idea. But and these numbers you're giving, Kevin, are opening weekend numbers. Oh, not total yeah, yeah, numbers. exactly. Because just, just uh, thank you. Just against
2: the opening weekend of this one, right. and uh, even even the movie The Commuter, which was totally different. But I mean, uh, you know, from the taken stuff, like it was that weird train movie that we covered, right. but it opened to thirteen point seven million. And here we have Cold Pursuit only opening to 10 million – or I'm sorry, uh, 10.2 million. So it's like I I have to say that, that press junket thing I think really had an effect on this movie.
0: It's hard It's hard to say because I still don't feel like that really broke through to become a full-fledged scandal. I mean it's it probably took a bite, I, but I also feel like there's some of it of, of people that are just kind of like – I, I've seen this movie now. Like, I mean, Liam Neeson in a movie like this has become a punchline. Sure, so, sure. And and I think that people are just kind of getting kind of tired of it. And I and I think that was one of the mistakes they made with the marketing of this movie is they, I think they went the safe route and went like, hey, it's a, it's taken on a snowplow. And one, I think people thought that was ridiculous because ultimately <laughs> the snowplow plays like very little role in the movie. It's not like he's really like consistently using it as a weapon or something. He just happens to be a guy that drives a snowplow in a mountain town, you know? Right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, that trailer made it look like an elevator pitch of taking on a snowplow. And I think people were just kind of like, that's ridiculous. And, <laughs> And we've seen this movie a million times, and you've run out of permutations, and I'm out. And I think, but I also will say, I think the comments that he made, anybody that was like on the fence but leaning towards no, I think is really easy to just be like, and eh, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's,
1: it's tough, I'm sure, for any actor who wants to have some sort of an honest persona. because everything they say is going to be scrutinized down to the letter and maybe they can't be as honest as they want to be anymore. You know, like just, I mean, he was just answering a question. Like, I feel like he was telling not that I'm not defending him, but he was telling a story that came from somewhere pretty, you know, that we hadn't heard before or somewhere from pretty deep inside of him. And the the, the headline says, you know, Liam Neeson wants to beat up a black dude with a crowbar.
0: Yeah. And this movie's entirely about bloodlust and a a thirst for vengeance and so i think he's trying to say like hey i've been in a place that this character was at to where like i had you know i had this desire and then when cooler heads prevailed i was like that was dumb right right and unfortunately it cost him at the box office but or did it you know like this
1: is this will have a life on vod and dvd just like everything else you know i don't think these these movies that he makes don't lose money do they i mean
2: i i don't think they generally do he does not they're not necessarily huge budget movies but i really think that it tipped the scales like tom said and um you know i just i feel like there's a crowd out there that I, I don't think the lego movie audience is necessarily the same crowd and you had the 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 girls night out movie um and so i think if you wanted to go see an action movie on a friday night i think this would have been it and you know, it may not lose money in the long run, but I, I
1: definitely can't see this having legs as as it goes forward. And I thought he was retiring from
0: action movies, wasn't that the deal? Well, you know, here is the thing: this isn't really an action movie. Like if you, oh. if you, if you see the movie, that then I get that you don't get that because the trailer <laughs> doesn't convey that, you know. But this really isn't an action movie. Like I, like at the beginning, I was even like, even when he does uh, have you know, is killing somebody or whatever, like there's not a whole lot of like choreographed fight scenes. Like there's sometimes where it just kind of pans away. Right. And and I was just like, is he so old? He can't do this anymore. <laughs> Maybe. And, and uh, I mean, there is that thing on, I mean, they've always worked around his age. There's that clip on YouTube and it's something like uh, 27 edits for Liam Neeson to jump a fence, yeah. and <laughs> and it, like you don't realize it when you're watching the movie because it, it's from like I think Taken two or three because the movie is very si- stylized and right. And- and shaky cam and and uh but like you just see this clip and it's like 15 seconds long of him jumping a fence and there are so many edits in it it's brutal that's funny and when you just see it and just isolated like that you're like this is ludicrous at this, uh, it's,
1: at this point they're just gonna have him run through the fence
0: yeah <laughs> well but yeah. there but that's not what this movie is this movie isn't an action movie it's kind of a dark comedy revenge fargo-esque uh thriller of sorts and it it it's not Really living and dying on, uh, you know, on action. Yeah, it's it's all Hmm. perception. That's what the commuter was.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, but yeah. this movie, like Tom said, it's it's being painted as the studio is getting ner- got nervous with their tracking and and how they thought it would perform, and so they thought their best bet to make money was to edit it into Taken Four, and uh, and that and that's not what it is. So it's a bait and switch anyway. But people are expecting action, and then I, I think it did go the other way, where you know a lot of people are sick of it by now too. So uh, it, it's just a mess. The
0: whole thing is kind of a mess. Uh, I mean, where did you land on it, Tom? Was it okay or where? It was okay. Like I I, if I stumbled across it again, I wonder if I would have a different reaction kind of knowing what it's trying to do. I I do wonder if this is a movie that that will find a second life on home video just because people will stumble across it thinking it's a taken knockoff. And when they realize it's not, you know, they 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 might find that refreshing.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Um speaking of editing real quick, uh did you guys have you guys seen the video on Bohemian Rhapsody about editing? No. No. so it's interesting so Bohemian Rhapsody is nominated for a ton of Oscars uh, it's also winning awards left and right and there's a lot of people upset whether it be Brian Singer uh, you know people mad at Brian Singer or just saying like you know it's an entertaining movie but it's not the best movie of the year so on and so forth but so there's a clip from Bohemian Rhapsody when they're meeting with like you know the character that Littlefinger plays and the whole band is sitting around at lunch and they're having a discussion and the editing in this clip is atrocious like it just Won best editing at an awards presentation, you know, from some group. And like, there's this clip going around where they have to cut it. Talk about Liam Neeson jumping a fence. Like this, (laughs) this lunch scene has more cuts in it and they're just sitting at a table. Like every time someone speaks or like looks at a person, they have to cut to them. So like, instead of holding on the person for more than one live dialogue, it is like, it's like talk, cut, talk, cut, talk, cut. And like, it, it like gives you a seizure looking at it because when you, when you're looking at how much that jumps around, like it, it really was giving me a headache. So, uh, was that in the movie? Yeah, it's it's a scene from the movie. It's not like a parody huh. thing. It's like literally a scene from it. Um I guess someone edited a screener or whatever that they got, but
1: uh it's bad.
2: It's really bad as far as editing goes and like
1: I I don't understand how that is getting as much praise. I mean like look, I I dug the movie. It was fun. But I don't like and as far as awards go, I do believe that Rami Malek deserves to be nominated for best actor but other than that i don't i don't get it i don't yeah. get how much money they dumped into i think making sure this thing is where it is, I, it has no business being in any any of these categories except for Remy Malek. I,
2: I I agree with you. I I think that it was entertaining. I think there's a lot of problems with it. It's definitely not the best movie. Um, and there's a lot of competition out there. But I think it comes to exactly what you said. I think their people whined and dined. Uh, they gave the Hol- they you know gave the Hollywood foreign press a ton of money and gifts and trips and presents. And I think they're just going all out on it. And it's it's just becoming. Kind of this like popularity award uh, overall for right, all right. all the things that's now made on it made a ton of money. People love the music of Queen, but it's like that's what the movie is. Like without that music, it's not like the
1: movie did anything
2: phenomenal. It's like yeah, it has think, great music.
1: I think Dan compared it to it's like a dude's version of Mamma Mia, you know, and that's what it is. And I'm, I think I'm, I made that comparison. That. Did you? Yeah. Okay,
0: but like even down to in the first Mamma Mia, at the end they're like. Hey, here are three songs we didn't cram into the yeah, movie. Right. We're just gonna stand here and sing them, and like that. I mean, that's what this movie does, right? They're like, Absolutely. oh, hey, here's a uh, here's twenty minutes of live. Right, it, you right. know, but here's,
1: we we miss here's we are the champions. Here, we'll throw that in there real quick. But here's yeah. and
0: here's the thing too. And how
2: many Oscars is Mamma Mia nominated for?
1: Uh, Meryl Streep, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe a couple. I, songs. Just, I, just, I just I just assume that she gets nominated no matter what. <laughs> right. All. But
2: that's the that's the thing though. So it's like this that's the problem and it's a shame that it's getting so much backlash and if listeners liked it that's not the problem and I think everything on the We yes, like everyone it. on the we Exactly. It. Everyone <laughs> on the podcast I think enjoyed it for the most part, but there's a difference between a movie that is enjoyable, entertaining, does a good job, you know, with keeping your attention, uses the the already established great music well, uh, and then being the best film of the year, the best performance, the <laughs> best editing, the best direct, it's like there's a difference.
1: There's the there's there's the there's Tom Sawyer book and then there's the gold key version of the Tom of Tom Sawyer. You know like that's what this is.
0: Same movie with all the same story but they subbed in the music of like Nickelback? Yeah. Oh, my God. Somebody would be walking out of this movie saying it's amazing. <laughs> no. I don't even say it to be like, oh, we're making fun of Nickelback. It's okay. But I'm just saying, like, if you took out the music of Queen or even put in a better classic rock band from that or a different classic rock band from that. Easy, Europe, lemon squeezy. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, let's say it was like the music of sticks. Yeah. You know, I like sticks. And but I don't think for the average consumer you can go as deep on sticks Ario Speedwagon. Yeah, you could go as deep for on sticks or Ario Speedwagon songs. If if you subbed in Ario Speedwagon songs. Nobody, they wouldn't be walking out of that movie saying how much fun they had. Yeah, right.
2: it's, it's, it's exactly, I think the comparison to Mama Mia, I mean, and, and I'm not, I don't think I'm just saying it because I said that before, but I mean, that's the best comparison because, yeah, Mama Mia is entertaining for people that love Mama Mia because they have great songs and they're clever with the way they make music videos, but it's just music videos strung along. Like, you've got, You've right. got Abba, you've got Abba, you've got Mama Mia, and then here you have Queen with Bohemian Rhapsody. They're a great band with great music, and so you make a bunch of music video montages, and thirty minutes of it is just a recreation of a of a concert. That's not a movie. It's a you know, it, it's just yeah. it's just frustrating, and it, it and it's a shot for shot
1: recreation. Yeah. yeah, it's not like they were it's not like they were going outside the scope of what yeah. actually happened. They were yeah. It's like Zack Snyder doing Watchmen. Yeah, one third as much as it, I like Watchmen. It's well, not and like it's, he stretched himself.
0: And it's recreating, like, the same, like, camera angles and everything right, from right. the original Live Aid. So it's not even, like, artistic. They gave, <laughs> yeah, they didn't, like, hey, let's, you know, make you feel like you're on stage or whatever. It was, like, let's recreate Live Aid shot for shot. And, it's crazy that they're
1: going to put the the performance on the DVD. Yeah. Like, w- w- yeah. I don't think you understand how
2: this works. So it's it's just kind of a cluster, and, and it's just one more reason why people, I mean, if they're already not mad about the Oscars enough, and we talked about it last week, it's like now people are like, seriously, if you're going to give all these high awards to Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's, they're just, people are
1: really... And then you've got the whole Brian Singer problem.
2: Right, that's on top like of it's... all that, yeah.
1: Yeah, the fact that he was even mentioned for Guardians 3 blows my mind no way that i thought and...
0: that was a joke yeah i don't think
1: i think all that I was... Saw was all i saw was the headline and i didn't even bother clicking no. it because i couldn't believe that it was it could have yeah, been real it's not
0: i think they were they that was tongue-in-cheek of like okay oh james is to too controversial let's get somebody like <laughs> yeah I, the... I,
1: okay that makes more sense <laughs> i all i saw was like him with the guardians i was like nope Nope, no, no. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not even going to bother with yeah, it. Yeah, so... But I, I did like that... What's it that uh, Taika Waititi said? No. I know.
2: I Yeah, I just re- I retweeted that, too. I'm like, he's awesome. That dude's great. He's like, nope, that's James' movie. End of story. That's James' movie. But...
1: I'll go do something else. Yeah.
2: So we'll see what happens. But anyway, Cold Pursuit, definitely not what they were expecting or hoping for. So we'll see what that... It'll be interesting in coming weeks to see what it does, but not helped by Liam Neeson's remarks, certainly.
1: What's well, going to... I mean, next week is battle angel and happy death day to you like those are two yeah it's done i don't i don't know what battle angel is gonna do but i think happy death day is gonna pull a big chunk of that away from both those movies oh yeah
2: i mean cold it's yeah it's done it'll be it'll be interesting to see how far it drops but um (laughs) let's talk about a movie that is making money have you guys heard of the upside starring brian cranston and kevin hart
1: (laughs) Uh, i believe that didn't sticks pay four million dollars yeah
2: i believe they paid four million dollars and in week five it made seven million (laughs) dollars
1: That's insane. Oh, my
2: God. 19% drop in week five brings the upside to $85.5 million domestic, another six overseas. We're approaching 100000000 million. We're at $90 million on a $37 million budget, but it doesn't matter to the STX. They paid four. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just, God, sure, I, whatever. I mean, they were just happy if it made seven.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but damn it, I'm so mad we didn't pull together four million dollars. We would be. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, patron users. No.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so good for that movie, and I mean, I Tom talked about it, and and you probably heard about it on our previous episodes, but you know, it's a good little feel good movie that people wanted to see, and they showed up with their wallets. So uh, good for that one.
1: I wonder, like, I wonder what. I wonder what else of the Weinstein's is floating around out there. I'm I'm sure STX is looking to see. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Like, how much you want for that? I'll give you uh, now three million. Maybe. Have
2: you heard of the STX brothers? (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) it's the new company by you know Rob Harveldo
2: Weinstein
1: and (laughs) And Robert Weinstein. (laughs) Well, it's it's the same name, Bob. Nah, uh, you're Robert Weinstein. (laughs)
2: Uh, completely
1: different. Guy.
0: So,
2: coming in at number five, Glass, another movie that's plugging along here. And we talked about that four weeks ago. It's still sticking around with six million this week. Uh, 37% drop brings that to almost 100 million. It's at $98 million domestic and overseas, 111. So, again, it's that 50 50 split almost. Uh, that's up to 205, probably a little over 210 after this weekend uh, worldwide. And that's on a $20 million budget.
1: If you can self finance your own stuff, and you're gonna get a two hundred dollar, two hundred dollar, two hundred million dollar return on it, I feel like that's you know there's a reason. Maybe he's partnered up with Blumhouse.
2: Yeah, I feel. I mean, I do feel good for for him, especially with this movie too, because I mean, the guy's taken a lot of flack, and we've talked about it. He doesn't lose a lot of
1: well-deserved flack. Well, yeah, for but you know, he does
2: his job. He he doesn't lose money for anyone that invests in these movies. He never loses money, and and you know, he's had some really great ideas, and and you know, he went through this fallow period, and lately, I mean, he's come out of it with these three movies that have all worked, all made money, and I just feel good for the guy. Like he's a talented dude. I'm glad he's back on the right track.
1: Yeah, and it's and Blumhouse is doubling down on him. Like they're, you know, I feel like I feel like they don't have any like top tier directors. They just kinda have like journeymen. Sure. With the exception of probably James Wan, I guess. Um, but yeah, they just pick the person but, for the job and they uh you know if they're doing the Marvel thing. Yeah. Honestly. And if they they're and, actually kinda doing the Corman thing. Yeah. That is very yes, that's exactly what it is. And now that now he's got the universal monsters. Yeah. Like that's that's a huge huge get for him
0: yeah because I, I mean that's uh, time that they do that yeah they give it yeah. i mean we willed that into
2: existence we said that probably we years yeah, ago like well, give them
0: we've been on a roll we so we <laughs> said that they should give the universal monsters to, to Blumhouse and then last week on our deep fried tacos we talked about McGruber and then we see that they're working on rebooting that property I with did see dad. that and I was and like damn then, it Tom and then last night we see that there's a that there's talks of trying to do a a, a grandma's Boys sequel. so we have a direct pipeline right? to Hollywood yes like he's not kidding like are
2: we getting paid for this <laughs> seriously how does last week two of our movies two out of four of our movies are like we talk about how much we love them and then they're like, hey, reboots and sequels. <laughs> yeah.
0: And honestly I th- I, I think Switch would be a great movie to try and remake in today's Me Too era. I think you could make oh, for a sure. really great movie out of that. Yeah. That's a
1: good not not action Jackson. I think, oh
0: <laughs> if you think you pick like normal it's pretty crappy. Yeah, but but... <laughs> uh so at least on the upside there won't be a Monster Squad reboot. Oh thank you Thank. That's not even a joke. And and
1: failing is and the key. Failing, yeah. You know, they've already made perfection. What more could they do? Just leave it. Oh uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> so anyway, moving on. But no, like, yeah.
1: they, but the Blumhouse. I think now he wants Friday the Thirteenth. Dude, give. Bumhouse, I mean, if I'm Universal, I'm just like okay. Give him
2: whatever he wants. Like the thing whatever. you can clearly see that Jason Bloom is not interested in failing. He's not interested in tarnishing his good name. Like he's built this reputation uh, more often than not. Like most of the time, he is successful, not just in box office, but making quality films. Like yeah, this yeah. dude knows what he's doing, and and he is pretty much being handed the keys to any kingdom he wants. And uh, you know, if he keeps it up,
1: he wants he wants one big key. <laughs> And I think he's got I mean,
2: it. could you imagine? Got, I mean,
1: like, what what other keys could you possibly if you're a horror guy and it's obvious? And you know what? Honestly, maybe he's not. Maybe he just figured out the formula to make horror movies in Hollywood It's like there was a point in the early 2000s where companies were just dumping money into horror movies and they would never recoup the budget because they were they were ballooned so big mm-hmm. when he comes in and does paranormal activity for twenty five grand. And it makes, you know, over a hundred million dollars, if not more. And people are just like, Oh. Yeah, that's the way they used to do it, and it worked. Yeah. And I'm like, the Friday the thirteenth movies, as garbage as they were, they cost like two to three million dollars, and they made seven or eight or ten.
0: Even those Universal Monster movies, those were B movies. Like those yeah, Absolutely. Those weren't big, giant A list. That's why you don't see real movie stars in them. You see people who who became Cult movie stars, but you right. don't, you know, you you never saw, you know, a Jimmy Stewart in a movie <laughs> like that. You know, was Lon Chaney Jr. really not a star? Um, I he he was more of a character actor, wasn't he? Like, I mean, he popped things, know. but he wasn't like you A-listers. know, like, you're not, yeah, you're not going to get a Cary Grant or a Clark Gable or you know the the you know the real stars of that era. It was it right. was kind of second to yourself, eastwood but, yeah <laughs> a good day
1: in, a, yeah. in the in, in the third <laughs> one not even in the first one
0: right and I yeah mean, they
1: get they get the guy from saw like that's the guy they have to write and direct the invisible man i think is what they're doing without johnny depp <laughs> just like get rid of all of that crap and that dude from saw i mean he wrote upgrade which i thought was Amazing. Yeah, he's also
2: the one. What's what's the other movie they just gave that dude? Uh,
1: oh, they did Escape from New
2: York. Yeah, he's he's he has been given uh you know the the okay to work on the the reboot of that. So it's like this guy knows. I mean, he's James Wan's writing partner. He's I mean, yeah, he knows.
1: He wrote Saw. He was he was the co-creator of. I Saw. mean, he
2: clearly knows what he's doing, and so it'll be interesting to see what that turns into, and and uh, you know if he forges his way to a name like James Wan has eventually.
1: Sure. Did you know there was a third Escape from New York?
2: No. What was it supposed to be?
1: Escape from the world. <laughs> oh, boy. And I, I don't know. Why I don't, there's no real details. Just that like, there was a working title and Kurt Russell and John Carpenter were both in. You
2: know why it didn't happen? Escape no. from L.A.? I,
1: that's probably true. <laughs> as long as you don't play basketball.
0: Uh,
2: I mean, it's no Catwoman scene, but yeah.
1: I'll watch the basketball scene in Escape from L.A. over the Catwoman basketball scene any day. Clearly,
2: before. yeah. Talk about editing. Clearly. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, uh, coming in at number six is actually uh, speaking of horror films. Uh, there's one opening uh, yeah. uh, called The yeah. Prodigy that made five point four million dollars, and uh, it's only on a six million dollar budget, so it's following that kind of formula. Uh, what do we know about this? I don't know anything.
1: Evil kid. Yeah, it's an evil kid. That's as far as I can get. Evil you. kid movie. Uh, okay, it's a it's a bad. You know, and those always they are what they are sometimes they're really good sometimes they're you know children of the corn four <laughs> but uh it looked interesting it's like the kid the kids just a, you know it kind of looks like the omen but the remake of the omen not the good hey, one. you know
2: i'm reading the synopsis here it starts with get this sarah and john bloom
1: <laughs> hey <laughs> oh there has they
2: had to have known what they were doing there
1: absolutely that's
2: hilarious sarah and john bloom are thrilled when their young son miles start to show signs of rapid development and extreme intelligence their family bliss soon turns to a living nightmare when miles's behavior becomes increasingly erratic and violent by his eighth birthday after seeking help from the two experts or from two experts sarah is horrified to learn that her beloved prodigy may be under the grip of a dark and supernatural force all right so uh,
1: I mean, I'm always you know, it's a, it's a horror. Yeah, movie. I'll catch it. I'll catch it when it comes out on V. Yeah,
2: so you'll have to let us know how that is. But I mean, it made about six million dollars on its six million dollar budget, and that's just domestic. So hey, I mean, I
1: really wonder what that evil Superman budget is.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Well, well,
1: like I'm curious as to what they're like, how far they're going to go with that budget. You know, like if they're going to keep it, uh, like let your mind figure out what he's doing, or if they're actually going to show him, like you know.
2: I'm sure Being I'm sure that it's going to be on par with what was that uh, Office movie that James Gunn produced? Belco experiment. experiment. I mean, again, it's it's yeah. James Gunn producing it; he's not directing it. Uh, so I'm guessing it's that was a fun movie. Oh too. yeah, absolutely. But like Belco yeah, like experiment, guess the budget on that if you had to say
1: uh, five
2: five million dollars. Yeah. So
1: it was. I mean, it's 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 in it's you know no main no big actors set in a office building yeah it was cool
2: i mean so i'm, I'm yeah. guessing they're going to do something in that five to ten million dollar arena and uh yeah we'll see what happens but uh we coming in at number seven green book still uh sticking around with the oscar buzz um taking small drops it made 3.5 million which is a 19 percent drop bringing it to 61.4 million dollars domestic uh as of right now we've got about uh, 25 overseas so we're approaching 90 million worldwide on a 23 million dollar budget and I mean,
1: that guy's all over the place. Uh, which one? The main guy, Mahershala
2: Ali. Person. Oh, because yeah. he's doing True Detective. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just- well yeah now, and then he's got Battle Angel coming out next week
2: yeah so I mean the thing with Green Book is uh, it, it's getting a lot of buzz for uh, Oscars and so a lot you know there's the, it, the, who's going to win the Oscar at this point is anyone's guess nobody knows but it's like you've got Green Book for best picture uh, you've got you know uh, Mahershala you've got Viggo Mortensen as a front runner for best actor and like so people are saying it's going to be Rami oh no it might be Viggo like it, it's really hard to say at this point um, but a lot of people are saying well the Academy might be leaning more towards vigo as a winner um i so they're not looking at christian bale at all no he's he's in the running too uh oh, okay but uh you know so it's really hard to say who's gonna win but green books still making a ton of money um uh, and you know the the thing is i don't know if you realized but that movie is directed by peter Fairley.
1: of the Fairley brothers yes oh
2: no like it's no one's talking about it and and rightfully so i don't think you naturally want to attach his name you know just because of the movies made in the past. But, I mean, he'd kind of trying to go the Adam McKay route and start to make more serious movies that still have that humor injected. But, yeah, I mean, we're talking about Dumb and Dumber. There's something about Mary. All, all those Fairly Brothers movies. What was um, that really
1: bad one with Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear? Stuck on you. Yikes. Oh.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, but anyway, uh, so that may, you know, surprise some people and, and beat Rami and, uh, Christian Bale and, and, you know, get a, a lot of the awards. So it's just really mm. hard to say what's going to happen, but, uh, making money, definitely. And, and, uh, you know, well surpassing its budget. So we'll see. Number eight, Aquaman, though. Speaking of Aquaman, geez. <laughs> yeah. Week nine. And it is coming out, I think, on Blu-ray and digital next month in March, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, they, you just, know, they it,
1: just released the details of what's going to be on the Blu-ray.
2: Yeah, so I mean it's it's just about to drop out of the top ten and so give it about a month to come out and uh it made another three point three million, which is a thirty two percent drop. It is up to three hundred and twenty eight point five million dollars domestic and overseas approaching eight hundred million dollars. So uh we're oh God. we're up over one point one billion dollars worldwide and uh we're getting a spinoff.
1: Yeah, what a weird not Mira, not you know right? The Trench, I, so, it's so like the creepy sub <laughs> subatomic or not subatomic, but, like, sub-level monsters
2: like that's what happens when your movie makes 1.1 billion like i thought (laughs) the same thing like that scene was really cool i mean i think it's an interesting concept james wan did his horror thing it looked great but right you're thinking like oh we're gonna get the Mira movie and then that's you know (laughs) get the female empowerment and she can kick ass and all this and it's like there's all these characters you could choose (laughs) and it's like the trench movie
1: (laughs) right yeah that's that's what i want to see i mean like it is in james wan's wheelhouse i get that
2: but, he won't direct it, I bet. He'll no, he'll, he'll, no, he'll, he'll, hell produce no. it. But I mean, like, I yeah.
1: he'll produce it for sure. Yeah, uh, they're not gonna let him go. At this yeah, point. yeah, he's he's. Go, go, no I way. mean,
2: after this movie, yeah, I mean, this guy's the limit. If it weren't already, like, this guy's locked down. Yeah, uh, you know, he's already done the Fast and Furious thing. Now he's doing Aquaman. Like, he's I it's going to be crazy to see what he does next, but certainly I don't Aquaman two, Yeah. I don't think it will be the trench movie, Uh, but we'll see see what happens there though. I mean, it could be really interesting. It's just a weird leap from Aquaman to that little side note.
1: Yeah. It's like, they don't have, uh, okay. So I've read, I like, they are a newer thing from the comics Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of story to them. Like they don't like what you see in Aquaman in the movie is basically all that we know.
2: I I figured. Yeah. I mean, again, it's interesting, but it's like, man, I I haven't heard a lot of people clamoring for, Oh, if this works, maybe we'll get our (laughs) trench movie. (laughs)
1: You, You would think that with the probable success of Captain Marvel, they're just gonna be like, well, why don't we just make a Mira movie? Uh,
2: Mira's so awesome. I mean, she's she's so good. I mean, um, Atlanta's good. I mean, Nicole Kidman kicks ass in that movie. Yeah. Like, you've oh, got yeah. you've got two female characters who are awesome and just just totally kick ass in that movie. So it's interesting they didn't go that route to do uh, like you said the you know to combat the Captain Marvel over there or um, uh, Red Sonia, which is going to be coming out. Ugh, uh, you know, so I mean. Of, I mean this is the perfect place to give that kind of a spin off. So we'll see what continues to happen. One movie that is going to get spin offs and I think 9 or 10 of them are greenlit now. <laughs> Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse with another 3.2 million a 30% drop in week 9 and 100 and we'll call it 180 million dollars domestic and uh, and another 172 before the weekend overseas. So 350 million on a 90. That's a win.
1: There is talk of rebooting the Ultimate Universe now. Oh. Uh, Donnie Cates, who is kind of like Marvel's newest, uh, wonder kid, yeah. um, has said in an interview, she's like, I would love to reboot the whole universe and try it again. Yeah. And I mean like those, those early ultimate books, if you've never read them and you, I think they're, they're excellent for people trying to get into comics, which was they're, their whole reason for existence. Ab- absolutely. And yeah. they had up and coming talent. Like, talent who hadn't really worked on superhero books before, uh, like Brian Bendis and Mark Bagley, who was a Spider-Man guy. Um, Mark Miller, Andy Kubert. Uh, and then I think it was the same creative team. I mean, so it was Spider-Man, the X-Men, the Ultimates, which is the Avengers, and then the Ultimate Fantastic Four. So it's just like if you ever wanted to get into Spider-Man and you have no idea where to start, that's where to start.
2: Yeah, the Ultimates and, are awesome.
1: Oh, the, every they they've had some misses, but those initial those four titles were amazing. Ultimate like Spider Man is great. Oh, Ultimate Spider Man is one of the few books that I think was good from issue one till it ended. Yeah, I mean, like there are some there are some fallow points, but they're few and far sure. between.
2: Sure. Yeah, that's that's definitely an awesome book, and you write a lot of that Ultimate stuff is great. So it will be interesting. And if you see. like
1: the and if you like the MCU, this is where they got. It. I mean, that's I mean, yeah, like Sp- the the Ultimates book is the avengers yeah and
2: especially like with i mean that's on spider-man brian michael bendis so you know he's he's responsible for consulting on a lot of the marvel stuff uh and and for spider-man so they're pulling a lot of stuff from that book into the universe yes so anyway uh we'll see what happens with those but it's making money uh it will be interesting to see what spinoffs uh are, are gonna come out first and and what they continue to do with it but uh everyone singing its praises and rounding out the top 10, uh, I think this is Joe's favorite movie so far of 2019, Miss Bala.
1: Oh, yeah. I couldn't wait.
2: <laughs> That's uh, Isn't that Gina Carano in like a spy or some kind of action thriller type movie? If it is,
1: you sold me a Gina Carano.
2: There you go. I, I need to on board. I don't think board. it is,
1: though. I think, I think this is the guy. Ga- I, I don't think it's Gina It's Carano, not Gina Carano? I don't think so. Oh, Gina
2: Rodriguez. Sorry. All right. Well perfect. sorry. You still on board? Yeah, sure. Why not? yeah um i uh but yeah I don't know much about it, but it it is some kind of a a thriller action movie that uh uh it, this is week two actually for this one. I guess we didn't do a box office last week, but uh it's a sixty two percent drop with two point six million dollars and it's at eleven point seven million dollars domestic and overseas uh forty two thousand reported so oh, man. Uh, <laughs> guessing it doesn't have too too big of a rollout over there yet uh so you know that's on a fifteen million dollar budget so um, not exactly setting the world ablaze with that one. Uh, I, I Tom, you didn't see that, did you? I did not. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know much about it. I haven't heard anyone that's seen it. Honestly, I saw. A tr- I think I saw a trailer for it before I watched something on Hulu. Like that's I the definitely one. saw
1: a trailer. It looks like one of those ones that you would catch on like a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um. You know? The
2: reason I, I think I was thinking of what was that Gina Carano spy movie or action uh, spy movie? That's haywire, what I
1: was, which is really haywi- good.
2: That's what I was thinking of, exactly. It kind of for whatever reason reminded me of that and uh so yeah, I don't that's know a, anything. That's a Steven Soderbergh movie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, no, I liked it. That was good. No, that was um good but uh the director, uh Miss Bala's director is uh Catherine Hardwick. So you know she did the Twilight movie <laughs> Red Riding Hood. Do you remember that oh, uh, with Amanda Seafried? <laughs> yes. Oh boy!
1: Yikes! with a sight of yikes! <laughs>
2: I totally forgot that she had done that movie. Um, the the first movies that she started off doing, she did thirteen with Evan Rachel Wood. I mean, that was. Is I that the one with the two girls? Good. Yeah, yeah. That movie but- messed me up. That was crazy. Yeah, that yeah. was a crazy movie. Like that was her first movie. Uh, made ten million on a two million dollar budget, and then she did Lords of Dogtown, which was was praised. Oh, that's uh, a good movie. The, that's a good movie. So then she went into the Twilight and Red Riding Hood, and uh, she did a movie called Plush, which I I've never seen. So anyway, um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like this will be her comeback. So she's gonna have to start working for Blumhouse or something.
1: Yeah. I, she's, you know, I will say, Dan said that the guy that needs to be at Blumhouse is. Uh, De Palma. Oh yeah, totally. Like, give De Palma ten million bucks and let him go make whatever, you know, weird drama he wants. Through, you know, and it'll. I feel like that's a dude that is prime for a comeback as well. Also, I'm kind of is, a, I'm a De Palma nerd, but
2: sure. I, is he retired? Does he make movies anymore?
1: Uh, no. He's got something in the pipeline, and he just actually, if you ever see his, there's a doc. I think it's yeah. just called De Palma. Yeah. And it is fascinating because he poops on his own stuff. Really? He was like, yeah, that wasn't really a good movie. I don't know what I was thinking when I made that. <laughs> we saw like black, like Black Dahlia, which is not good. Um, well,
2: uh, apparently, and I, I, maybe we just missed this one, or, or, or maybe it's not out here in the U.S. yet, but uh, apparently Brian De Palma directed a movie called Domino with uh, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. I don't think
1: it's out yet. Okay, so I think that's, that's coming. Yeah, that's
2: his first since 2012 when he directed Passion.
1: I don't even know what that is.
2: Yeah, uh, Rachel McAdams, Numi Rapace. Oh, so yeah, I don't. I came. Yeah,
1: even, he, he's a go back to his early stuff. His early stuff is
0: great
2: for sure. So yeah, we'll we'll have to see what what ends up happening with that one. Um, but he's but,
0: currently and, attached to a movie called Predator, and oh, and, but not the what would make no Joe-
1: no no. It's, I think it's a remake of something.
0: Yeah, the the description on IMDb says, described as a horror film set in Hollywood and featuring a predatory movie mogul. And <laughs> oh. I feel like Brian De Palma has been built in a lab to make Re- that movie. Yeah, yeah, I was no going to say. As, as much as he loves classic Hollywood, and then you set it against um, a modern topic like that, like that that could be a winner. That could Oh, be absolutely. Winner. And I mean, he did the Black Dahlia. So Which is, that, well,
1: okay. That movie is garbage. Yeah, that should have worked. Like that, the the idea of De Palma doing uh, a movie around those that murder yeah. in nineteen thirties Hollywood should have worked. But instead of focusing on the murder, he focused on everybody else. Like what it did to people. Mm-hmm. Like the de- I think Aaron Eckhart plays the detective who was like in tr- and like he goes crazy because he can't solve the case. And yeah. I was like, I don't give a crap about that guy. <laughs> like just tell like work up the, the horror, you know, like almost like Zodiac, where like they don't really tell you what happened, and there's no resolution to that movie, but it's to me it was so enthralling and engaging, I didn't care. Yeah. That's my favorite serial killer, Tom.
2: Well, there you go. To go back so, to that discussion. Yeah. So uh anyway, that is
0: the box office. Well, thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. I guess uh, that's it for this one. Let's uh, let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them.
1: This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B U T T S twenty
0: one. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Uh, you can follow the show online at Real Spoilers on Twitter or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers while you're there. Join the League of Show Shares. And don't forget about our Patreon account at patreon.com slash real spoilers so uh that's it for this one coming up on the next one we will tackle lego movie 2 the second part so until then you've been warned